Hello and welcome to the Scaling Edge. I am your host, Michael Brooks. Max, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Max is here, as you can see, as always. Um, this is the Internet Talk program that focuses on hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs. They're here to share with you how they've been able to scale their business and their lives. And hopefully you can walk away with one or two golden nuggets that you can use to amplify and accelerate your business and your life. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, a woman of the year. Uh, I mean, so many, so many accomplishments, too many, too many to mention. Um, top CFO, top CFO, right? Lilith, Lilith, Lilith. Yeah. Lilith. Took me a few Lilith. times. <laughs> Lilith. Um, doing great. Forbes Business Council, CFO of the year, one of the top 100 accountants, women leadership of the year, all kinds of recognized by the Los Angeles Business Journal, all kinds of awards and accolades and achievements. Uh, very exciting. She's got some real wisdom to help impart, to help you be as uh, even more successful than you already are. Lilith, can you tell us a little bit about how you got here and quickly the origin of your name? Because I have to know, because I've never heard that name before. Where did Lilith <laughs> So I came from Armenia. I don't know where the name came from. Uh, I've been told that it's uh, it's very popular in the Indian community, the Jewish community, so many different places. But I'm Armenian. It's actually a very popular name in Armenia and also Armenians here in America. Oh, wow. I grew up, yeah. uh, I did elementary and middle school in Glendale, California. And I think there's uh, more. So you know us. You know us well. <laughs> I think there's more Armenians there than in Armenia. Yeah. I actually think that's like a real statistic. Um, yeah. But yeah, for some reason, Glendale became a very big... Ar yeah, so all my friends in middle school and elementary school were Armenian. Um, if you walk through Glendale lately, the houses look the same. They're all beautiful. All the doors look the same. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> no, I haven't been there in years. I'm out in uh, Dorado, Puerto Rico these days. So it, it would take me a while to get back to Glendale. But let's get into it. So thank you for helping share the origin of your name. It's a beautiful name. But uh, how did you get to where you are today? Can you tell us about what you're doing now? It's a weird story. Um, and I, I know you mentioned the top 100 accountants. So I'll go back to that. I'm actually a CPA by profession. And it wasn't until after I worked in a public accounting firm for a couple of years that I realized I have more of a business mind. I love the financials. Don't get me wrong. I think they're fun. Don't judge me. Uh, but it's <laughs> when you <laughs> when you understand financials, business tends to make more sense. Everything oh, that you do. Oh, whoa, whoa. When yeah. you understand financials, business makes more sense. That is coming from a lover of financials. Anything you can yeah. touch on with that? Because, I mean, I, I think people believe that, but they don't quite understand it. There are business people that are not necessarily financials mind focused. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, being that you're one of the top 100 accountants and uh, CFO of the year? Sure. So, so here's the way I think about it. I mean, numbers are probably one of the only things out there that tell the truth. And when you use numbers to to scale, to make decisions, you know how to take risks, right? So the numbers are not so much to prevent you from spending money. In fact, if you want to grow the business, you have to be able to spend money, but you want to spend money with the proper projections. Why are you spending money? And there's a why in the numbers. There's a story in the financials that you can predict what the financials will look like in the future. So when you're hiring, 
when you're firing. When a lot of business people, they're really good at innovating. They're really good at looking at the business and the product, and and they have these big goals and plans. And they may may even have a business plan. One of the things they don't look at in the business plan, even though they have it, is the financial projections because it's almost like they do the projections just to get the business plan completed. But I think it's one of the most important things in there because. If you have a five-year plan in your business and you have stuck to your financials, more or less, you know, nothing is ever going to be 100% accurate in the future, but your story starts making sense, your confidence level in building towards the financials that you projected, it takes you back to why did you start this business to begin with? You know, why you were planning on making this much money. That was your story at the time. So sticking to that and making sure you always reference back and you reconcile what you thought in the beginning and now what you think, let's just say three to five years from now, you will be in a more comfortable place because that motivation of I started this business to make this much money. I started this this business to have this many employees. I have planned for this. It was possible. And so every time you go through a hardship in business, which is very often and it's very complicated and it's a lot of work, it keeps you re-motivated to keep going. And if things don't work out, that's part of the business plan. You've you've adjusted for the risks and in order to take the proper risks in business, you have Yeah, so I think it's really really important to have either a great relationship with your financials with your with your accounting side, with your money, or you have to have a great relationship with the person or people handling your financials and your money. So you're always on the right track. So have a relationship with the numbers or a relationship with Lilith someone who knows the numbers, but so, okay, dad, thank you for, for that little tan tangent, uh, that I, that I interjected there. So please continue. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now and how you're using what you learned to scale your business and your life. So when I entered, um, after I mentioned I was in public accounting firm, great experience. I got really good at doing R and D tax credits for really great businesses, I did realize that I do like the way businesses operate. I do like the innovation that takes place. I like when smart people get together and they build a product that helps a lot of people. So I wanted to try that. I wanted to go into the private sector. So I eventually started with a lead generation company, which is currently owned by the same person that also owns Fenexa, which is a company that I work for. And so when I started with the lead generation company, I was vice president of finance and accounting. I was very young. I was I was 25 years old when that happened. And, and I was tasked with running an entire accounting department, creating one to begin with. Right. It was a pre-revenue company. I was the sixth employee to enter. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, OK, I have no one that's going to help me with this. I got to figure this out. I have to put in the right systems to make sure that accounting is set up. I have to hire the right people. Um, and I did all of that. And within a few months, I realized, OK, I'm back to doing accounting, which is great. I love it. Uh, but, but I'm not able to tie that to the business. So I asked the owner of the company, I said, can you allocate one developer for me? Let me automate this job. Let me automate all of the accounts receivable, all of the payables. And all we have to worry about is looking at the financials, making sure it's updated. We give presentations of the financials and we move forward. So so we did that within a couple months after that. We had a full system, which is now actually a licensed system through Fenexa to manage accounting, to manage uh, accounts receivable and accounts payable, and then tie back into your core accounting function, which could be QuickBooks or another ERP system. So that happened. And uh, when my job was pretty much fully automated, I hired somebody to take care of just reviewing the tasks. And how I started you, getting the strategy. How did you fully automate your job? 
Well, instead of sitting down, yeah, instead of sitting down 10 hours a week, just doing accounts receivable, tracking payments coming through the bank, making sure all the vendors are paid, making sure everything is properly reconciled, all of that is now done through the system. And the only thing that we need to do is put the human touch of reviewing everything. That's a system that you built. That's a system that I built with with a developer in the company. Yes, it was done for internal purposes, but it was done in a way where we have amazing developers. It was done in a way where now we're able to give it to other clients using Finexa. And so I'll, I'll transition to Finexa so, so we understand what it does, because it's not an accounting platform. Uh, it's actually a uh, lead generation and call tracking platform with the add-ons of click tracking and email and SMS with, uh, you know, uh, user flow tracking and so the it's reason more, the accounting portion more is important sales and revenue focused than accounting and management focused exactly exactly so so we are the companies that we service they're high direct to consumer industries right so think of like financials financial services like lending and insurance home services legal education so pretty much anything where consumers are actively in real time looking for a product or a service the company using Finexa needs the ability to track conversion, track where all the sources are coming from, track where all the consumer leads are coming from, and what the conversions look like and how to even retarget or keep a relationship with their customers. So that's what the system does. The reason the accounting function is so important is because when you're buying leads and when you're tracking all of the sources of leads for a high volume industry, there's a lot of people to pay and a lot of people to invoice. So And a lot of different terms. So terms are also important. And you have to focus exactly. on when people get paid, not just how much they get paid. And then there's lots of complexities there. I did a lot of media financing for lead gen companies um, back in the day. And that was uh, that was a big, big complexity. I mean, sometimes you get a really good lead or, or you'd get a good lead flow, but they want to pay monthly net 90, right? Which is why <laughs> we did financing for that specific thing. Um, but then there was other other leads that would come in that were not as good, that were not as lucrative, but they would pay a lot faster. And then you have to kind of use that to use the math to figure out the risk and then have some And your fun cash flow. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, Managing cash flow is, is very important. So how have you helped? Like, tell, me, tell me about a company, somebody that's helped, a D2C company that is working with you now that has completely transformed their business and did what you were able to do. And automate uh, all their stuff. How did you make their business and life better? Yeah, there's something euphoric about sitting with a client, understanding all of their use cases, and then understanding how they even manage their use cases, right? So a typical uh, way that we operate would be there's a new client that comes in, they have 20 systems that help their business operations, right? So they're, for example, they're doing some kind of a PPC to generate leads. So they go into Google Analytics, they're tracking all of that. They have their third-party affiliate sources that they buy traffic from, or they're doing SMS and email and all this. Everything is a different system. So ideally, you want all of those systems to talk together. The reality is they don't always talk together, right? The APIs don't always work properly. The subsystems are legacy. Subsystems are very advanced and they can't communicate together. Some APIs cannot be connected with another platform. And so what companies eventually end up doing is just managing all of this manually, which means they have to have more resources, more people, more understanding, and a lot of experience and training. So when we come in, 
we sit down and we brainstorm and we put everything on the whiteboard and we're like, okay, here's how you can connect everything. You can either, for example, use Finexa to connect this, or you can continue to do it manually, but we'll so help you develop Finexa. You've got a great product. Who's used it and what was the impact? Right. They came in, they had 10 employees doing all this, and then they brought it down to two. Give me some scenario where Finexa yeah. was the greatest thing since life bread. Yeah. So, so it's been, so we have a, like, for example, on average, what we've been told by our customers is their revenue goes up about 40% within a few months of using Finexa. Um, 40% re revenue increase. Yes. How does tracking these leads and management, how does that increase your revenues by 40%? I mean, I can see how that you can cut down on your cost, but how do you see a revenue lift from having a better system to view where revenue is coming from? That's where I'm confused, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I will go back to financials for a second. So obviously one of the largest expenses in a financial statement is your marketing expense, right? Yes. Um, and your, yes. your employee expense. God, <laughs> so yes. one of the things is <laughs> it's, it's, it sucks, but it's, it's a common problem. And so what usually happens the way most companies operate is they have a marketing budget and they spend it, they try things and they don't properly track it. And they spend that same budget the same way the following year, maybe increase it, maybe decrease it, whatever it is. Right. So what these types of tools will do for you is it helps you track the actual conversion of every spend that you do from a marketing perspective. So one is your cutting costs. It's not a technology cost. It's actually the marketing cost that you're cutting because you're tracking marketing better. You are seeing in real time and accurately what's actually not generating revenue for you. So you can cut that or you can optimize it, whatever you want. On the revenue increase side, you're looking at more quality. Because, you know, systems come with fraud detection, verification, they prevent uh, consumer, unnecessary consumer information from coming in. They prevent the consumers so from you're getting able frustrated. To, so the way you get a 40% lift is you're able to look at what's working and then expand upon that and simultaneously stop spending on what's not working because you what gets measured exactly gets better. Wow. Yeah, it's as simple as giving visibility and transparency to the clients to see where their dollars are going and how they're converting. So you get a client, they come in, they go, I need to work with Lilith. I need to, not just because of her amazing name and background, but because of all the amazing things she can do. Uh, they come to you. What's the process you take them through? The process or process, depending, tomato, tomato. What's the process that you take them through that... Uh, that gets them to that 40% lift, to gets them prepared and integrated for that 40% lift. Like how labor intensive is that? Is it, here's your software, go have fun. Like how, how do you stay involved and, and nurture a, a client through that process? So we, we, it's almost like constantly working on a startup and it's a lot of heavy lifting in the beginning. It's a lot of hands on deck. But that's also because the whole point of what our software will help fix is the business, mo the business model that you currently have, the process you currently have. So if we don't fully understand your process from the get-go before you even get into the system, you're not going to be able to use it properly. So your onboarders, your account managers, your salespeople, everybody is brainstorming with you to see A, how your process works, B, is it efficient, 
and see if it's not efficient, do you need to change it or you need to enhance it? So that could take anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to even understand based on the complexity of the client. And then once we have that, then we sit down with our PM team, our project management team and our developers. And we're like, okay, can we build something like this for the client? Can our system, first of all, can our system handle a full optimization of their current workflow so we don't break their business? That's obviously a thing. We don't want to go in there and be like, hey, rip and replace overnight and hopefully it'll work. We don't do that. Can we service this client and optimize their current flow with what we currently have? And if not, can we build these additional features to do it? And if so, how do we then slowly transition this client from, let's say, their their proprietary system or no system over to our, our software without breaking their, their actual revenue generating model? in real time. Well, that's very cool. Lilith, if somebody is convinced that they need your support and they're, they'd like to explore working with you and, and having you be their business automation Sherpa, how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? So there's so many ways. I mean, when you go on Phonexa.com, you can't miss being able to contact somebody somewhere. Um, I personally, my LinkedIn is super active. I, that's my main social media account. I'm always on it. I do get a lot of outreach from people just even for questions about what the software does. But anywhere from the website, I see everything to LinkedIn to um, meeting in shows. We travel a lot. We go to a lot of conferences and we go to a lot of lead generation conferences. There's Affiliate Summit East coming up. There's insurance tech coming up soon i used to go to that one every year in new york and and affiliates yeah. the uh very cool so finexa.com that's where they can find you that's right you can that's find right. lilith and uh if you want to look at what it would take to give you a 40 percent lift or hell a 10 percent lift i think people would we would be worth <laughs> it but if you're not measuring if, if if you're watching this and you you realize or hearing this and you realize you're not measuring you're not measuring your results. You're not measuring where your dollars are being spent. Lilith has a solution and it's worth taking a look at. Lilith, thank you very much for being a part of our program. Thanks for being a part of the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon. Cheers.